Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. Let's step back and think for ourselves. They just named a special counsel to investigate Donald Trump on two fronts: January six and documents. This guy is not an independent special counsel. He has spent his entire career as a career bureaucrat at the Department of Justice, either in one of the field offices for a U.S. attorney or in Maine Justice. He's obviously a colleague of and well-entrenched and well-known by the very people who are conducting the investigations of the president at this very moment. Now what's troubling about all this, ladies and gentlemen, is as follows. Let's take the documents case first. Put aside all the static, all the so-called legal analysts and the professors and the former attorneys general and all the rest. Why would you bring the country to the brink of a document case? Whatever you think about it, why would you bring the country to a brink over a document case? That a president slash former president, as he's moving into the former president stage takes documents with him to Mar-a-Lago, some of which are classified. Now, we have leaks to the Washington Post that say he didn't have a criminal intent. He didn't have mens rea. He wasn't trying to make money from them, sell them, give them to the enemy. That's the purpose of the Espionage Act. The purpose of the Presidential Records Act isn't to prosecute anybody because it's not a criminal statute. So why would you bring the country to the brink? Why would you pave unpaved ground in order to try and bring 
what is basically an administrative case, criminalizing it against a former president. There's no reason for this. None. None. Now let's look at January 6th. How long have they been investigating January 6th? Now they had informants, and the Oath Keepers, and the Proud Boys, and the this, and the that. They had informants in these two groups. I am 100% certain they had informants at the Capitol building. If they went so far to get informants in these two groups, trust me, they had informants in the Capitol building. They're trying to concoct criminal scenarios against the former president about sedition and whatever the hell else it is, trying to block the movement of the one administration to the next, and yet he didn't do it. He didn't do it. Certainly not in any criminal way. So now they appoint a special counsel. What's the job of a special counsel? This guy's going to be focused laser-like, not on, you know, 300 cases that may come into an office, but on two cases against the same target, Donald Trump. And he says he's going to hit the ground running. They're not going to lose any time. Of course. Because he already knows all the players at the Department of Justice and the FBI. He's one of them. Merrick Garland didn't bring in an outsider who could bring some temperate, level-headed, sober thinking to this. He brought in one of their hitmen. Now, you're not going to hear this or read this anywhere because it's very popular to pile on right now. I don't pile on. I don't believe in it. So what damage was done to the United States when it comes to these documents? Nothing was done to the United States when it comes to these documents. Nothing. And you have to really come up with a almost fictional type tale to put in your charging documents if you're going to take on Donald Trump on this interference issue and you're going to create a precedent for every single politician in this country but the Democrats don't care because they usually control the Department of Justice and the rest of it and there's this long piece in the New York Times, by Aruna Viswathnatha and Sadie German. Talk about a sprawling investigation into 2010. Sprawling investigation. Why? Why are they doing this? It's a funny thing. You keep hearing the media say, let's get on from this, 2020. You keep hearing repubics say the same thing. Let's get on. Stop looking at the past. Stop being a victim. Move on. Move on already. For crying out loud, the people don't want to hear about this. The reason Donald Trump keeps talking about it, and I haven't talked to him about this, is because they're trying to send him to prison. You understand what I'm saying? That's what they're doing.
Then you have people say he shot himself, you know, in the foot on this. Shot himself in the foot on this? How? Rod Rosenstein, you remember him, the deputy attorney general who appointed Mueller as the special counsel to look into Trump's and the Russian interference in 2016 came up empty? New York Times asks him about what's taking place now, and he says the attorney general faced a difficult circumstance. He said, but Mr. Garland broke new ground by appointing a special counsel to investigate someone who's an opponent of the incumbent administration rather than an ally. Now, what he means by that, of course, is what? Donald Trump is now running for president. I don't know if he'll be the nominee or not. But the administration, whose chief executive, the current president of the opposite party, that administration has now appointed a special counsel to go after him. over documents on January 6th. It gets even worse when you read this New York Times piece. It says the special counsel appointment won't entirely eliminate the appearance of a conflict as Mr. Garland and other senior Justice Department officials are still likely to be involved in some decision-making related to the probes, according to people familiar with past special counsels. The complicated nature of investigating a former president and current presidential candidate is expected to be on full display with the special counsel, given the messy history of the last two appointments. So, Merrick Garland has ratcheted this up now. He's ratcheted it up, and um, their intention is to charge Trump. I hate to be the bearer... Bad news, I'm just the messenger. That's the intention. Now this would be the same Democrat Party and the same media that don't even want the Republicans in the House to conduct investigations that aren't even criminal investigations. This would be the same media and the Democrat Party that don't even want the Republicans in the House to have oversight hearings on the Biden family and other corruption related to this administration. This would be the same media and Democrat Party that do not want the Republicans in the House to look into the FBI and the Department of Justice because they want to focus on inflation, which they created. And this is why the rhinos within the party are so preposterous. They're saboteurs. Same with people like Mitch McConnell. So I just point this out to you, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe you support some other candidate already for the Republican nomination. God bless you. For all you know, I do. But you ought not support this. This is tyranny. This is East German Stasi. This is unacceptable. You see what they've done to pro-lifers. You've seen what they've done to people they disagree with. You see what they've done to attorneys. 
People like Giuliani, oh, sorry, we made a mistake. They don't even say that. They just say, we've decided not to prosecute. You see Letitia James in Albany, New York. You see Bragg in Manhattan. You see the prosecutor in Georgia. These things are not coincidental. These things are not accidental. And every Republican who wants to be the nominee of the Republican Party for president better pay attention to this. You might think, oh, that's because Trump shot himself in the foot. That's because Trump was begging to be indicted. That's because, you know, Trump has a messy past. That's what... Let me explain something to you. None of that is relevant or true. What they're doing here would make Joseph Stalin blush. This is not justice. I don't care what disgruntled former employees of the president have to say. With emphasis on the word disgruntled. I don't care about their new love for the New York Times and CNN and the Washington Post and all the rest. Remember what I always say, think for yourself. Think for yourself. This is appalling. And when you consider a special counsel should have been appointed a long time ago by Merrick Garland to investigate the Biden family, including the President of the United States, because that's really what special counsel are for. So there's not an internal conflict of interest. And that's what the regulations compel. And when you consider all the evidence that is available, laptop evidence, emails, texts, eyewitnesses, treasury wire information, bank accounts that relate to this family, investigations done by Peter Schweitzer, investigations done by other individuals on their own, based on the public record. And there's no special counsel? Investigating Joe Biden? There's no grand jury in Washington, D.C. focused specifically on Joe Biden? Forget about Hunter Biden. He's the fall guy. This is why the Republicans must conduct themselves aggressively and get to the bottom of this for the sake of our country and all of us. This is bigger than President Trump, even though it's a disaster for him and his family, what they're doing to them. They're trying to make an example. The Democrats seem to think they can do whatever they want. They can take tens of millions of dollars from a crypto fraudster. They can call him. Their regulators can have meals with him. He can steal billions of dollars from common citizens. Billions. But because he went broke, he got caught. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been caught. They can destroy our electoral system with curing and harvesting and 50 days of early voting to fix the system, not reform it, fix it, so the outcome is known in advance. I'm sorry. It's the way it is. And if you push back and you're a lawyer, you're going to lose your law license or you're going to be 
paying millions of dollars in defense counsel fees. Attorney-client privilege out the window. Attorney-work product out the window. But don't worry, you'll get a gig on CNN or The View or MSNBC. But don't worry, you can write a book and get a couple hundred thousand dollars, maybe a million. And you'll be on the good side of Washington, D.C. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Have you heard of Zephaniah Swift or Theophilus Parsons? I bet you haven't. They were influential thinkers at the time of our great nation's founding. You know that there are vast misunderstandings and misrepresentations of the American founding, often for political purposes. Look at attempts to cancel founding fathers like Jefferson, Madison, even Washington. The result is disunity among our fellow citizens because of conflicting ideas about justice and the purpose of government. That's why my favorite college, Hillsdale College, produced an easy way to learn more about our nation's founders and their deep and wise insights into human nature, including Zephaniah Swift and Theophilus Parsons. Today you can join Hillsdale professors Tom West and David Azarod as they explore the thoughts and ideas of America's founders in Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Real American Founding, A Conversation. Begin uncovering the true meaning and purpose of the American founding by watching a preview video of the Real American Founding a Conversation at levinforhillsdale.com. From the insider, and I want to ask you if you think this is appropriate conduct by a federal judge in Washington, D.C. The federal judge on Friday appeared to draw a comparison between Nazi Germany and the period leading up to January 6, 2021, which former President Donald Trump and his allies, this is the article, falsely claimed the election had been stolen, saying that both involved large swaths of the public being swayed by a demagogue. This is from the bench. Judge Reggie Walton made the remark at the sentencing of Dustin Thompson, a Capitol rioter who blamed Trump for his involvement in the January 6, 2021 attack on the Capitol. As he sentenced Thompson to three years in prison, Walton said he was struck that the college-educated Capitol rioter fell into a self-described rabbit hole of conspiracy theories and came to believe false claims spread by Trump and his political allies. It makes for a very different situation, he said, because I'm not unsympathetic to people being radicalized to engagement in abhorrent behavior. We saw it happen in Nazi Germany. A very educated, intelligent population was able to be swayed to engage in the atrocities that took place in Germany based upon a demagogue. Seems to me you bought into that same type of mentality. Not the first time in Thompson's case that Walton rebuked Trump over his efforts. And I'll read more when I come back. Have you heard of Zephaniah Swift or Theophilus Parsons? I bet you haven't. They were influential thinkers at the time of our great nation's founding. You know that there are vast misunderstandings and misrepresentations of the American founding, often for political purposes. Look at attempts to cancel founding fathers like Jefferson, Madison, even Washington. The result is disunity among our fellow citizens because of conflicting ideas about justice and the purpose of government. That's why my favorite college, Hillsdale College, produced an easy way to learn more about our nation's founders and their deep and wise insights into human nature, including Zephaniah Swift and Theophilus Parsons. Today you can join Hillsdale professors Tom West and David Azarod as they explore the thoughts and ideas of America's founders in 
Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Real American Founding, A Conversation. Begin uncovering the true meaning and purpose of the American Founding by watching a preview video of The Real American Founding, A Conversation at levinforhillsdale.com. On the straight and narrow path, you have a guide. Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811. I'm not going to do a hit and run here, which I never do anyway. I want to slow down on this because it's very, very important. If a man has been a federal judge for many, many years, embraced by Republicans and Democrats alike, and he's sitting on the bench in Washington, D.C., And he hands us a sentence of three years to Dustin Thompson. And he says, it makes for a very difficult situation, says the judge, because I'm not unsympathetic to people being radicalized to engage in aberrant behavior. We saw it happen in Nazi Germany. A very educated, intelligent population was able to be swayed to engage in the atrocities that took place in Germany based upon a demagogue. Now these comments were premeditated. It seems to me you bought into that same type of mentality, the judge added, before saying it was utterly scary that many are still buying a lie. It was not the first time this judge, in this case, Walton, rebuked Trump over his efforts to lead supporters to believe the 2020 election was stolen. I'm just reading from the article. In April, shortly after a jury found Thompson guilty, Walton expressed concerns about the future of American democracy and had harsh words for Trump. Now, Trump is not on trial. Trump has no lawyers in the courtroom. There has been no proceeding directly involving Trump. No depositions, no exchange of information, and nothing. Nothing. So this judge is commenting purely, purely from the gut. He says, I think our democracy is in trouble because unfortunately we have charlatans like our former president, who does not, in my view, really care about democracy, but only about power. And as a result of that, is tearing this country apart. Is this appropriate for a judge, ladies and gentlemen? Have you ever heard a judge like this? Unbelievable. Following Thompson's conviction, Walton and federal prosecutors accused him of lacking candor while testifying under oath. You must have thought the people sending the jury were fools, Walton said today. And Thompson's case, said the judge, involves one of the most disgraceful events in the history of this country. I think, Mr. Walton, if we had a good system of ethics, the good old-fashioned way would be reprimanded by the appropriate ethics officials. But he won't be. But he won't be reprimanded. Now, if I were Donald Trump's attorneys... Just in case, just saying just in case, I get a transcript of what Walton said, and should this Department of Justice, should this Department of Justice be encouraged by what their 
prosecutors are watching on television, by what the president's political opponents are saying, but especially by what this federal district judge in Washington, D.C. said today. You hold on to that transcript because it demonstrates that Trump could never get a fair trial in Washington, D.C. Never. Ever. Good job, Judge Walton. You're an embarrassment. Talk about democracy. What the hell do you think your job is? You want to be a commentator? Come join me. See how you do. See, the problem with what Walton did, it not only goes far beyond what he's supposed to be doing, but you're not able to challenge him. He's a lifetime appointee. He'd never come on a show like this. He'd never debate me. And so when you wear that black robe, it has a meaning. When you have a lifetime appointment, it has a meaning. Your personal predilections, your personal opinions, your personal conclusions are irrelevant. They're to stay out of that damn courtroom. Because let me tell you something, Judge. It's not your courtroom. It's our courtroom. We paid for every square inch of that courtroom, Walton. Now, you may have your views. Good. Maybe you could be the next Speaker of the House if the Democrats win. But what you did in that position brings great disgrace to the judiciary. And we don't need lectures from you about democracy when you just undermined it. Your Honor. Mark Levin. Have you heard of Zephaniah Swift or Theophilus Parsons? I bet you haven't. They were influential thinkers at the time of our great nation's founding. You know that there are vast misunderstandings and misrepresentations of the American founding, often for political purposes. Look at attempts to cancel founding fathers like Jefferson, Madison, even Washington. The result is disunity among our fellow citizens because of conflicting ideas about justice and the purpose of government. That's why my favorite college, Hillsdale College, produced an easy way to learn more about our nation's founders and their deep and wise insights into human nature, including Zephaniah Swift and Theophilus Parsons. Today you can join Hillsdale professors Tom West and David Azerod as they explore the thoughts and ideas of America's founders in Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Real American Founding, A Conversation. Begin uncovering the true meaning and purpose of the American founding by watching a preview video of the Real American Founding a Conversation at levinforhillsdale.com. Speaking of the Department of Justice, and speaking of Jews, Judge Walton, Mark Tapscott, over at instapundit.com, He says, add Department of Justice anti-Semitism to the Hill's 2023 probes. A key maxim repeated, often among Reagan political appointees, Tapscott was one, as was I, of course, was personnel as policy. The truth of that maxim is being brought home again at the Department of Justice. Launches a new investigation into the death of Abu Akhleh, an Al Jazeera reporter, during a clash between Israeli soldiers and Palestinian terrorists, In May 2022, Israeli authorities previously investigated the incident and concluded the reporter was killed by a stray bullet fired by one of the soldiers. But the Department of Justice, under Attorney General Merrick Garland, clearly questions the conclusion 
And that fact is stirring anger on the Hill as Republicans prepare to take over the House of Representatives on January 3. The Biden appointees at the Department of Justice include, according to the Washington Free Beacon's Adam Credo, Kristen Clark, who, quote, came under fire during her Senate confirmation hearing after the Free Beacon revealed she edited a law journal that featured an anti-Semitic black nationalist who peddles conspiracy theories about Jews. How this woman got a top federal appointment at the Department of Justice is beyond belief. She's an anti-Semite. She's a bigot. Adam Crater, the reporter, was told by multiple Hill sources that the only way to root out this bias is for Congress to launch an investigation in the Department of Justice's anti-Israel agenda, which has been fueled by a cadre of anti-Semitic lawmakers in Congress, known as the Squad. Oh, no, 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 they're progressives. They're for the people. These lawmakers, which include Representatives Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib, pressured the Department of Justice for months to investigate the Abu Aki shooting. So the FBI is going to go to Israel to investigate Israel. What do you think of that, Judge Walton? What do you think of that, Judge Walton? Mm-hmm. Tell me, Judge Walton, did you, did you provide sentences to any of the people who rioted on 2020 and tried to storm the White House when the president, Donald Trump, had to be taken to the nuclear bunker under the White House? Did you talk about democracy then, sir? How about Black Lives Matter torching our cities? You know, they torched Washington, too. Did you talk about democracy then, sir? How about the riots that took place when Donald Trump was being sworn in as his, his inauguration? Did you talk about democracy then, Judge Walton? How about when the federal courthouse in Portland, Oregon, was being attacked night after night after night for over two months? Did you talk about democracy then, Judge Walton? How about in 2000, when the Democrats on Capitol Hill voted against, voted against, George Bush is president of the United States. Did you talk about democracy then? Did you do it in 2004? Did you do it in 2016? Russia collusion. Remember that, Judge Walton? Did you talk about the Nazis then? Who the hell do you think you're fooling? You don't even know what the hell happened in Nazi Germany. Just because these guys and gals have black robes, my first book on it, Men in Black, the Black Robes, how the judiciary is destroying America, the subtitle. He's a perfect example. Make your damn ruling and shut your damn mouth. That's what you should do, Judge. You have something to say about the case and about the defendant sitting in front of you? That's fine. You have something to say about a former president who's not in your damn courtroom, who had no civil liberties whatsoever. That's way over the top, way over the top. And as far as I'm concerned, you've just poisoned any jury pool that could possibly be assembled in your courthouse. Not your courtroom, in your courthouse. 
What an abomination. I'm telling you. As a former Justice Department official myself, I've never seen anything like this. Open season. Judges can sound like they're reporters for the New York Times. Or that they're Nancy Pelosi. Meanwhile, Betsy McCauley is a brilliant lady, former lieutenant governor of New York. She has a fantastic take on the January 6th committee, and I want to discuss this with you when I return. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Betsy McCauley, the January 6th House Committee just revealed how nakedly political it is. Forget protecting the nation, the committee safeguarding the Democrat Party. After conducting hundreds of depositions and closed-door hearings, committee staff were notified last week that most of their findings about domestic extremist groups and about law enforcement's failure to protect the Capitol will be excluded from the final report. All those investigations paid for by you, the taxpayer, are destined for the circular file. The committee's final report, due before the end of the year, will be all about Donald Trump and nothing but Donald Trump. A sensible decision if the committee's only purpose is to cripple a possible future Republican presidential candidate. Trump's conduct that day was damning, she says. But the committee's mandate was broader to ensure that the process of electing a president and the Capitol itself would be involved, no matter who runs. The committee's decision unmasked the big lie that tilted the election. In the months before the midterms, President Joe Biden and his media allies pummeled Americans with warnings that the nation is threatened by soaring right-wing extremism. The New York Times called it the country's top domestic terrorism threat. Citing the Department of Homeland Security, Biden warned that the survival of democracy is on the ballot in the midterms. Some 44% of voters bought into the hysteria, according to the Associated Press survey, and hesitated to vote Republican. Despite concerns about record high inflation, crime, and an overall conviction the nation is headed in the wrong direction. How serious could the threat have been if, once the election is over, The January 6th committee puts aside concerns about right-wing domestic extremism. It was a lie all along. The FBI manipulated data to make it look like right-wing extremists threatened America, according to whistleblowers cited by the House Judiciary Committee Minority Report. FBI data keepers, pressured by their bosses, reclassified incidents as domestic terrorism. They also took each one of the many hundreds of Capitol rioters arrested and made separate case files 
located in the local FBI offices near the rioters' residences, even though the cases were being handled by the Washington, D.C. Bureau. According to the whistleblowers, that created the illusion of a vast nationwide threat instead of a single incident in D.C. Democratic polls and media ran with these FBI-inflated statistics. The New York Times editorial board ginned up fear on November 3, claiming incidents of political violence in the United States by right-wing extremists have soared. The Times struggled to incriminate right-wing Republicans for their despicable hammer attack on Paul Pelosi. For the despicable hammer attack. Husband of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. The Times said the man accused of the crime echoed their hatred of Nancy Pelosi. Well, at the same time conceding, it's not clear whether the man had links to any of them. On November 7, the Times warned that embrace of violent extremism by a small but growing faction of the Republican Party puts democracy at stake. That sounds like Judge Walton, doesn't it, Mr. Producer? Maybe he should be writing for the editorial page of the New York Times. Biden's FBI and other law enforcement agencies also heighten the fear issuing alerts about election-related violence. They could cite no specifics. In fact, there were no incidents. Zero. The vaunted threat to democracy never materialized. The nation has suffered from political violence, but it's inaccurate to claim it's a major threat or to blame only the right. The bipartisan Center for Strategic and International Studies says that the U.S. fatalities due to domestic political violence average 31 a year. 31 a year! A relatively small number. 19 deaths were linked to the two weeks of rioting followed George Floyd's murder. These death, pale, death tolls pale beside the 25,000 homicides yearly in the United States. Crime and pro-crime policies favored by Democrats are the real threats to our safety. The January 6th committee should do its job providing undoctored data and an accurate perspective on how much of a threat political extremism actually is to the country. Instead, the committee's putting aside two years of costly investigations before the public sees the results. To spend the final weeks of Congress on a sideshow of whether Donald Trump will testify. That's very well put. Now we have to comment all weekend long, especially on the Sunday shows, on the appointment of a special counsel. Why do you think the Department of Justice did it on a Friday, ladies and gentlemen? Raise your hand. Because they get 72 hours of a news cycle. Everything is about the narrative, marking the narrative to their base, which include the media. And the media will carry the flag for them. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. There's literally no reason to pay Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile over $80 a month for wireless when you can get the same service on the same network at Pure Talk for half the price. Yep, talk, text, and blazing fast data 
just 30 bucks a month. Those other guys are making you pay for thousands of retail stores you don't go into, perks you don't use, and massive profits to keep their shareholders happy. You know who Pure Talk wants to keep happy? Their customer, you. That's why they've invested in a U.S.-based customer service team. It's why they give you more data options than unlimited, because they won't charge you for data you don't need. I switched to Pure Talk because I like supporting a company owned by a U.S. veteran. I like supporting a company who supports me and my values. And I invite you to switch to Pure Talk, too. They're my guys. Switch to Pure Talk in less than 10 minutes. Go to puretalk.com and our promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast to save 50% off your first month. Again, puretalk.com and our promo code Levin Podcast. Why is the uh, federal government arming more of their bureaucrats than the U.S. Marines? Asked Mark Hemingway at the Federalist. When Congress authorized $80 billion this year to beef up the Internal Revenue Service enforcement and staffing, Republican House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy warned the Democrats' new army of 87,000 IRS agents will be coming for you. The video quickly went viral, racking up millions of views, purporting to show a bunch of clumsy bureaucrats receiving firearms training, prompting alarm that the IRS would be engaged in military-style raids of taxpayers. The GOP claims were widely attacked as exaggerations, since the video, though from the IRS, didn't show official agent training, but the criticism has shed light on a growing trend, the rapid arming of the federal government. A report issued last year by the watchdog group Open the Books, the militarization of the U.S. executive agencies, found that more than 200,000 federal bureaucrats now have been granted the authority to carry guns and make arrests. More than 186,000 Americans serving in the U.S. Marine Corps. 103 executive agencies outside the Department of Defense spent $2.7 billion on guns, ammunition, and military-style equipment between fiscal years 2006 and 2019, inflation-adjusted. Nearly $1 billion was spent between fiscals 2015 and 2019 alone. The watchdog reports that the Department of Health and Human Services has 1,300 guns, including one shotgun, five submachine guns, and 189 automatic firearms. NASA has its own fully outfitted SWAT team. Boy, that Mars must be dangerous. With all the attendant Wembercree, including armored vehicles, machine guns, and breaching shotguns, the Environmental Protection Agency has purchased drones, GPS trackers, radar equipment, night vision goggles, and stockpiled firearms. I'm not done with this. After the break, we shall continue. I'll be right back. There's literally no reason to pay Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile over $80 a month for wireless when you can get the same service on the same network at Pure Talk for half the price. Yep, talk, text, and blazing fast data, just 30 bucks a month. Those other guys are making you pay for thousands of retail stores you don't go into, perks you don't use, and massive profits to keep their shareholders happy. You know who Pure Talk wants to keep happy? Their customer, you. 
That's why they've invested in a U.S.-based customer service team. It's why they give you more data options than unlimited, because they won't charge you for data you don't need. I switched to Pure Talk because I like supporting a company owned by a U.S. veteran. I like supporting a company who supports me and my values. And I invite you to switch to Pure Talk, too. They're my guys. Switch to Pure Talk in less than 10 minutes. Go to puretalk.com and our promo code Levin Podcast. That's L E V I N Podcast to save 50% off your first month. Again, puretalk.com and in our promo code Levin Podcast. The only show with a warning label the liberals, The Mark Levin Show. Call him now at 877 381 3811. We talked about NASA. We talked about HHS. We talked about the Environmental Protection Agency. That's the tip of the iceberg. A 2018 Government Accounting Accountability Office report noted the IRS had 4,487 guns. That's four years ago. And over 5 million rounds of ammunition and in inventory at the end of 2017. Before the enforcement funding boost of $80 billion this year. The IRS did not respond to requests for information, writes Hemingway, though the IRS's Criminal Investigative Division does put out an annual report detailing basic information, such as how many warrants the agency is executing in a given year. More than 100 executive agencies have armed investigators, and apparently no independent authority is monitoring or tracking the use of force across the federal government. None. Agencies contacted by Real Clear Investigations from HHS to EPA declined to provide or said they have comprehensive statistics, or they didn't have the statistics, on how often their firearms are used or details on how they conduct armed operations. This, again, should be an initiative in the House of Representatives. Let's see if uh, Mr. 40-yard line, that's what we'll, Mr. 40-yard line, let's see if he can carry it across the finish line. I would be amazed if that data exists in any way, says Trevor Burris, a research fellow in Constitutional and Criminal Law at the Libertarian Cato Institute. Over the years of working on this, it's quite shocking how much they try to not have their stuff tracked on any level. All this weaponry raises questions about whether the 200,000 armed federal agents are getting adequate weapons and safety training. You see, we need gun control for you, the citizenry. Not for the feds. No, no, no. More guns and more ammo. You get the drift here? Weapons galore in the federal government. But not for you. HHS did not respond to a request for comment on the 14 million in guns, ammunition, and military equipment it purchased between 2015 and 2019, or its new National Training Operations Center within Washington, D.C.'s Beltway. Another government agency, Federal Law Enforcement Training Centers, also declined to speak with real clear investigations for this article. Sure, why speak? we got to get Trump. Right, Judge Walton? Judge Walton's worried about democracy. He's not worried about this. Maybe he'll give us a comment on that next time he speaks from the bench at a sentencing hearing. You never know. According to Barris, recent history helps explain the militarization of the federal government. He says this is 20 years of the war on terror with the production of an excess amount of access to weaponry. 
The Homeland Security Act of 2002 extended law enforcement authority to special agents of 24 offices of inspectors general and agencies throughout the government with provisions to enable the OIGs to qualify for law enforcement authority. Hey, Emily, with the Inspector General's office, I, uh, I want to check if you've over-purchased paper clips. What are you carrying on your hip there? A 40? 40 what? 40 calib? As a result, even obscure agencies, such as the United States Railroad Retirement Board's Office of Inspector General, now have armed federal agents. Oh, yes, those retired railroad workers, they're a grave threat. This summer, before the expansion of the IRS was approved by Congress, Republican Matt Gates singled out the, retire, the Railroad Retirement Board as an example of the excesses of an armed bureaucracy. He introduced a bill to stop federal agencies from stockpiling ammunition. I wonder where that went. What did the great, unbelievable, historic, iconic figure, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, what did she do with that? Is she not the greatest ever? Oh, my God, was she fantastic. Federal agencies doing their own criminal investigations raises important constitutional and civil rights issues. You keep on top, you know, on top of that, all the monitoring that they're doing, all the work they're doing with big oligarch out in Silicon Valley. This is pretty scary stuff. Mark, you're a conspiracy theorist. What did I say that wasn't true? You know, there used to be a cadre on the left who believed in civil liberties. Not anymore. Not anymore. Last year, the EPA raided a number of small auto shops across the country for allegedly selling equipment that helped car owners circumvent emissions regulations. They raided small auto shops. My God, your carbon emission is well beyond what we expected. Put your hands up. Get against the wall. It was 12 armed federal agents, and they had little EPA badges on and everything John Lund, the owner of Lund Racing in Westchester, Pennsylvania, told the Washington Examiner. The EPA did not respond to request for comment. We can't comment on that. We have our sources and our, and our means and our patterns. Haven't you ever heard Christopher Ray testify? It's hardly a new complaint that federal agencies are overstepping the rulemaking authority. The idea that executive agencies are broadly empowered to effectively create their own laws and go out and enforce them with armed federal agents is an entirely different matter. So many of the regulations that can be enforced at the point of a gun have almost nothing to do with what people would normally call dangerous crimes. That would be the kind of thing where you might want armed agents there, said Barris of Cato, and especially coming from agencies such as the EPA and other agencies, that are more quality-of-life agencies dealing with regulatory infractions rather than involved in solving real crimes. <clears throat> I guess we don't have enough SWAT teams out there swatting pro-lifers. I guess we don't have enough government-armed agents to go down to Mar-a-Lago and all of our focus on the paraders and trespassers from January 6th. We're very, very busy. And we at the Retired Railroad Administration here, you don't know what we have to put up. My God. My God, when we go and we visit the retired railroad workers, Mr. Producer, it is, it is a threat like you can't believe. 
We need to be fully armed, fully trained. We need to practice and we need to stockpile ammo. Because those who are retired from the railroad industry pose a grave threat to the United States of America. Now you know why the Republicans need to hold oversight hearings, America? And anybody who says otherwise is a moron. And not 10%. A lot more than that. They've got to learn how to walk and chew gum at the same time. It's easy to fight inflation. Stop spending. Certainly reduce it. It's easy to secure the border. Add riders to any spending bill. Let's see what they do in the Senate under the great leader. You know what? McConnell reminds me of General Isimo Franco without all of the accomplishments. General Isimo Franco, I remember, the guy was like dead or dying, and they, and they still felt like he was leading Spain. Remember that, Mr. Biden? Oh, you're too young. He's still leading Spain. There he is. No, 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 he's passed. No, he still is. Well, how do you know the difference? Exactly. How do you? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. There's literally no reason to pay Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile over $80 a month for wireless when you can get the same service on the same network at Pure Talk for half the price. Yep, talk, text, and blazing fast data, just 30 bucks a month. Those other guys are making you pay for thousands of retail stores you don't go into, perks you don't use, and massive profits to keep their shareholders happy. You know who Pure Talk wants to keep happy? Their customer, you. That's why they've invested in a U.S.-based customer service team. It's why they give you more data options than unlimited, because they won't charge you for data you don't need. I switched to Pure Talk because I like supporting a company owned by a U.S. veteran. I like supporting a company who supports me and my values. And I invite you to switch to Pure Talk, too. They're my guys. Switch to Pure Talk in less than 10 minutes. Go to puretalk.com and our promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast to save 50% off your first month. Again, puretalk.com and in our promo code Levin Podcast. Well, there's a new war going on in America, have you noticed? Against Elon Musk. The left used to love Elon Musk. Oh. Electric cars, space this or that. He was fantastic because they thought, you know, he was a huge liberal Democrat. So we love him and we could work for him. Just fantastic. Then he decided to do a few things. Move his company from America's equivalent of Botswana, which would be California, to Texas. Uh Uh-oh. Strike number one. Then he said he supports free speech. Say what? Say what? Yes, he supports free speech. Strike number two. Then he decided to prove that he supports free speech by putting all his money on the line to purchase Twitter. Twitter? That's where the young go to be stupid. Twitter? And now, of course, he actually wants to run it like a business. You know, people have to actually show up for work. There needs to be some kind of a merit system. We have to make a profit. 
There's no such thing as a free lunch down the hall for the 10% who do show up. Oh, my God. What is he doing to their world over there, Twitter? So the, the reprobates that work at Twitter, that includes most of those who work there, no question, who are having a soft life, making a lot of money, while the company wasn't making a profit, eating salmon and lobster, having a grand old time, pushing a radical left agenda and trashing those who feed their fat faces, under a woke leadership of leftists who on their own have never developed anything, not even a bad rash. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's now time to bring down the Twitter empire because they don't like what's taking place. So many of them resigned in mass. I just wish all the other libs that work elsewhere would, would take that lead and, and embrace it. Resign. All of you union thugs who work for the school systems in our country, I'm not talking about those of you who have integrity. You know who you are. The rest of them. Resign and protest. Do it, please. Give up the free eyeglasses, the free medical care, the free lawyers. Oh, give it up. Give up your pension and your medical care and whatever else we pay for and resign. Learn from the young reprobates at Twitter. But that does provide an opportunity for regular Americans who actually do work who actually know what it is to show up for work to get a job at Twitter. I've always wondered what all these people did over there. They don't do anything, apparently. Not much. So now we have to destroy Elon Musk, you see. So when you think of destruction and evil, even domestic terrorism, if you will, given the broad definition that is received, I think of Hillary Clinton. Don't you, Mr. Producer? And so here we have it at Fox Business. Clinton-linked dark money group targeted Twitter advertisers amid Elon Musk's takeover. Now, she's the same Hillary Rotten Clinton that was behind David Brock and Media Matters, which is a cancerous operation that needs to be overseen by the Republicans in the House for its tax status. you got to wonder how a group like that, which coordinates with the Democrats, coordinates with left-wing groups, and pushes out the big lie propaganda. To quote the great Judge Walton, it reminds me of the Nazis. Hmm. Hillary Clinton-linked dark money groups set its sights on Twitter advertisers amid Elon Musk's acquisition of the social media platform Fox Business has learned. Now, after the break, I want to pursue this with you a little bit. Have you noticed how Hillary Clinton manages to stay out of prison? Isn't it amazing? She made $100,000 from $10,000, but she couldn't explain how. Remember the Rose Law Firm? Remember Whitewater? Remember all this stuff? Oh, yeah. Remember Russia collusion? Her rather elephant-like fingerprints all over it. Now she's with the dark money crowd trying to take out Elon Musk. Remember how she was an election denier? The number one election denier in the name. 
Oh, there's so much to tell us about the lovely Hillary. By the way, she's a great iconic figure, too. Profiling, surveillance, data harvesting. There are lots of things not to like about tech giants, but what can you actually do about it when you rely on so many of their products? The good news is you don't need to be a billionaire to take a stand. For less than $7 a month, you can join me and fight back against big tech by using ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN helps you make anonymous much of your online presence by hiding your IP address. That's why I use ExpressVPN on all my devices to make it much more difficult for them to exploit my data for their own profits. And it's so easy to use the ExpressVPN app. I just tap one button on my phone or computer to turn it on, and that's all it takes to keep people out of my business. If you don't like big tech tracking you and selling your personal data for profit, it's time to fight back. Visit expressvpn.com slash Levin right now to get three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, expressvpn.com slash Levin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. It's been an historic day. The decision by Nancy Pelosi to stay in Congress. I mean, it's like a seismic shift on Capitol Hill today. She should be on everybody's GOAT list of, of leaders of the House, uh, of the entirety of our country's history. She's still going to be part well, of the Democratic bloodstream. And she's an icon. Her deep patriotism, her love of country. The most consequential, effective speaker in my lifetime. To me, the connective tissue in her career is children and China. The most consequential speaker of our history. The legacy Nancy Pelosi leaves behind and the shoes, frankly, that need to be filled. Yeah, the heels that probably are going to be very difficult to hit, to fill. You're watching the a, the diversity of the Democratic Party uh, right before your eyes here. Is she's a true servant leader I mean, in, in all of its manifestations. She just orchestrated an entire generational change of the Democratic House leadership with one decision, right? She she did all of that. I mean, it's just her presence there, her guidance. And as the leader of that caucus for two decades has trained the next generation of Democrats. And that is what a, a strong woman, a strong mentor, a strong leader does. Look, it's an understatement to say this is an 
was a hugely impactful and historic speakership. Hat tip, Washington Free Beacon, and I, I have to say, I've reconsidered the times and life of Nancy Eva Pelosi. I mean, what would we do without her now? She's the Mark Twain of press conferences. She's the Abraham Lincoln in a dress of wisdom. She's the Marilyn Monroe of plastic surgery. Absolutely an unbelievable figure. That is a monument that we must put up that can never be taken down. We need to have a Nancy Pelosi monument right next to the Jefferson Memorial. As a matter of fact, instead of the Jefferson Memorial. After all, Nancy never owned slaves. We need our first... You know, and I better shut up, Mr. Producer. I'm giving them an idea. Never mind. Never mind. Let's go on. So they're trying to silence now Elon Musk, just as they try to silence you folks. Accountable tech spearheaded a letter to top Twitter advertisers as part of a larger pressure campaign. This is this Hillary Clinton dark money group demanding non-negotiable requirements for their business, saying that Musk's takeover will further toxify the social media giant and directly threaten public safety. So now they're threatening all these advertisers. The group demands advertisers commit to keeping accounts of politicians and public figures removed for egregious violations off the platform, ensuring algorithmic, algorithmic accountability and continuing their commitment to research transparency and researcher access. In other words, freedom for me, but not for thee. It's unclear what companies received Accountable Tech's letter, which is also signed by 25 other left-wing groups, including Media Matters and the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation. I told you this Media Matters is a cancer. And I really want to encourage the Republicans, and we'll ask them as they come on this show over time, if they're going to ask the IRS to take a look at that group. This is at least the second letter from a large coalition of activists to Twitter's top advertisers after Musk's acquisition. So here's the deal. These people, the Democrat Party wants to eliminate conservative talk radio, wants to eliminate Fox. It's already gone after OAN, wants to eliminate Newsmax, wants to eliminate... Elon Musk, in other words, these are truly Marxists. Truly Marxists. When you look at these groups, Media Matters, this other group, and Hillary Clinton is behind it. How come she never has to testify in front of anything? Such a lovely lady. I mean, excuse me, not a lady. Such a lovely it. I told you yesterday that the debt ceiling is coming. The debt ceiling is coming, ladies and gentlemen, because even though we've taken record amounts of taxes year after year, over at CNS, nobody does that better than Terry, my buddy, who points that out. 
their spending is so wildly out of control, they have to keep increasing the debt ceiling, which means interest on the debt. Can you believe that? What would happen to you if you had the power to not only spend, but to increase your credit card limit? You know what? I'm not only spending 10 times what we take in, I'm increasing my limit. No, I have to increase my limit. Otherwise, I'll go broke. What do you think of that, folks? Well, that's your Marxist drunks on Capitol Hill, including aided and abetted by Mitch McConnell and the Wall Street Journal editorial page. You watch. Now, and again, no, 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 no. Can't shut down the government. What will happen to our children? What will happen to our seniors? What will, what will happen to the local libraries? What will happen? The government's everywhere. What's going to happen? We're all going to die. Democracy will it'll, it'll shrivel up. Government's been shut down over 20 times. And I'm proud to say six to eight times under Ronald Reagan. And here we are. Woo! How did that happen? I will explain that at ground zero. That is when it happens. But in the meantime, I want you to remember something. Some of my backbencher friends started to talk about this the other day. Mark my words, that's what's going to happen. As Rush said, the echo chamber. Mr. Producer dug a little bit. I want you to listen to what I said. April 23, 2020. April 23, 2020. By my calculation, that's about a year and a half ago. Cut one, go. When there are government shutdowns, you would think the whole world's coming to an end. There are 2 million civilian federal employees, 26 million people, the overwhelming majority of whom are in the private sector, have been laid off in the last 30 days. 26 million. And they, and these businesses that have shut down, and we don't even know how many, they don't get the attention, not even one-tenth of one percent of the attention that people do when there's a government shutdown which is always temporary, and people are made whole for the most part. Mm Mm-hmm. You can't fire a federal employee any more than you can put a would-be murderer of 20, 30, 40, 50 trainees for the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department in prison. May 26th. 2020, just in case you missed it on April 23rd. Cut to go. What about all the unemployment? Well, most of their constituent groups, it's irrelevant. That, I'm going to prove it to you. That is why when we have a phony government shutdown, as I've talked about before, where 17%, Paul Ryan once told me this years ago, 17% of the government actually shuts down. People are placed on furlough knowing full well they're going to be paid, and they always are. Maybe an inconvenience. I'm sorry, that's the way it goes. Sometimes we're trying to save our economy. But they have nothing to fear like somebody who loses their business when a restaurant closes and all those people are unemployed. There's no backup. I don't care how many stimulus bills you pass. But listen to the concern for those people. Do you hear the same concern at the gyms that have to close and the restaurants and all. No, you don't. You don't. Because the media is not about journalism. It's about the Democrat Party. What does the Democrat Party need? What does the Democrat Party want? 
The counterculture is now the culture. So it's an apocalypse. We've had 20 government shutdowns and really nothing's happened. But it's the apocalypse. We've had a shutdown now like the United States has never seen. Ever. Ever. And it's not the apocalypse. Almost 40 million people applied for unemployment insurance in the last 10 weeks. That's not the apocalypse. We only have 2 million people in the bureaucracy. Maybe 1.8 million too many. Just saying. But who knows? And then... July 17, 2020. Cut three, go. We have Washington cheering for the closure of the private sector. If you shut down, even artificially, the federal government over a major budget fight for three days, all you hear about is the apocalypse. I've said this before, I'm just trying to bring it all to a point. The apocalypse. The apocalypse. And yet, they all return to work, they all get back pay, they don't lose a damn thing, and nobody's worse off. We're destroying businesses, we're destroying lives. God knows how many suicides, whatever else is going on out there, because Dr. Fauci's just an infectious disease. That's not my portfolio. Mm-hmm. There you have it. So the backbench, I'm putting my marker down the other day. Don't worry, the marker's been put down, and that's exactly the way this works. I'll be right back. Lovin. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. You know what? I'm not even supposed to say this. To say it on a Friday at 8.20 something or other probably isn't the greatest idea in the world. But I'm working on something, Mr. Producer. Can you imagine? As this audience knows, my mind is in constant movement. Certainly my family knows it. It is in constant movement. Not about superficial stuff. Not about the stuff you hear day in and day out. But trying to figure things out. You know, you have engineers out there, you have architects out there, you have strategists out there. My mind, I guess it's strange. I don't know. I just can't stop the damn thing. And so I read about thinkers. I don't read a lot of modern day books because I don't care. I read about these different philosophers who, who appeal to me or appeal to other people. I try to break them down, figure them out. They're just flesh and blood. Or the founders or, or the ancients or whatever it is. So writing American Marxism was a very, very important for me task. Not task, more of a love actually. 
But I had told my publisher, it's already the longest book I've ever written, but it could be twice as long. (laughs) Excuse me, that's cholera. I don't recommend getting COVID for a second time, by the way. Likes to hang around. But anyway, so I think about this stuff. It's taking me in a slightly different direction. A slightly different direction. But I'm working on it now. I'm working on this project now. So it'll take me many months. I'm not going to talk about it. Why I'm talking about it now, I have no idea. Just felt like it. Look, we got Thanksgiving coming up. We're very busy. I want you to know what I'm, you know, we're part of a big family here. We always have been. So it's not, oh, it's another. I don't do, oh, it's another. Otherwise, I won't do it because I'll be bored to death. But I am uh, very excited about this. And when I sit down to think and to write, I, I really, I'm really going at it. I'm really in the zone. And people who read and write, they know what I'm talking about. You know, one of the things, my, my wife and I went to Key West last year. Do you know I hadn't taken a vacation, and she hadn't either, since we were married, Mr. Producer? You can see that. How many people would be doing what I'm doing all this week. Yet I still have people complaining, moronically. You know, uh, when you take off... (laughs) Like, what? Shut up. But, why? Because I enjoy this. I don't need people to tell me that I should be behind this microphone. I want to be behind this microphone. But from time to time, typically it'll be medical or health reasons or family reasons. But we hadn't even taken a honeymoon. Did I tell you that, Mr. Producer? So finally, last December, we went to Key West. I always wanted to go there. And I got to tell you, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Is that bad? But one of the places we visited that sticks in my mind right now, and has since the moment we went there, is Ernest Hemingway's home. It's actually his wife's home. I think it was his second wife. He had four. But even more than that, I didn't much care where he ate, where he slept. But the, the sort of the little house next to the big house where he would wake up at 6 in the morning like clockwork. He'd walk across the, the, this little bridge that he, they had built for him. Sort of, a, you know, one or two people could walk across from the main house to where he would write. And in that room... He had a table with various angles, but rather small. He had, <coughs> he had a wooden chair. Didn't look particularly comfortable, but that's what he sat in. He had an old manual typer, old to us, but at the time it was what it was. Talking about the 20s and 30s, the manual typewriter. And sort of a, a paper letter size box where when he would write it, you know, a type of page, you'd put the page in and that sort of thing. It was not a heavily decorated room, although there were some shelves and so forth and so on. And he would write from 6 a.m. 
to noon every day and then stop. At least that's what they said. And some of his most brilliant books were written right there. And I think about him and I think about that room. Because, you know, I saw it, as I said, for the first time about a year ago. Because of the way I write, which is somewhat differently, I have different times of which things really strike me. And I try and take notes, or I'll get up at any time, day and night, and I'll get down there. But it's his, he wrote, obviously, fiction. I write nonfiction. But it fascinates me. He fascinates me. His life was, in many ways, very sad. He was very depressed. He had a head injury. Bad head injury once. He also has... Uh, the line of his family, I believe uh, one of them had committed suicide, and of course he killed himself with a shotgun, Mr. Producer. Did you know that? Put it in his mouth. He was in his young 60s. He was a great, great writer. I'll be right back. Cerebral voice. Talk with that voice now. 877 381 3811. So, uh, Garland chooses a guy to be the special counsel who, among other things, prosecutes war crime criminals at The Hague, Mr. Producer. Seems like a little bit of an overkill, doesn't it? whose entire career has been spent investigating violent criminals. But you see, to them, Donald Trump is enemy number one. You heard the Honorable Judge Walton compare Trump to Hitler, basically, and those who support him as Nazis. I thought I was listening to one of the gals on The View, but no, that was the Honorable... Federal District Court Judge Reggie Walton. Oh, he must know because he wears a black robe. Yeah, he must know. And I want to thank him for his insight during the sentencing of a defendant. I want to thank him for his political commentary. Now get the hell off the bench and do something else with your life, Judge. Because you don't belong there, that's for hell sure. And if the defendant had a a lawyer that I would suggest needs to be aggressive, he would appeal on those grounds, period. But Judge Walton handed, in my view, the Trump legal team some very good arguments should, uh, God forbid, this come to a head. That is, he cannot possibly get a fair trial in Washington, D.C. on many grounds, including given what Judge Walton did and said and how he spoiled the jury pool otherwise why would he make a comment like this who's ever heard of judges talking like this not me it's really quite remarkable that district in particular in Washington D.C. you got a lot of hotheads and leftists there they just pop off who's going to stop them 
lifetime appointments. They get their special robes. Who's going to stop them? How are you going to stop? You're going to make a complaint to the D.C. bar? Oh, that'll work. Oh, yeah. Where are you going to go? Nowhere. Nothing will work. Where am I, Richie? You know, I don't want to depress you on this Friday. I got Obama clips. I got every, uh, every moron imaginable here. <clears throat> Choose me. And, of course, they're really going to want to take off after uh, Twitter now, the Democrats in the Senate, because it has new ownership. And don't forget the Obama Justice Department, the Obama SEC, the Obama FTC, Obama, Biden, you get it. Same mindset, same staff, same, uh, same comrades. They all want to conduct federal investigations into Twitter now. Not before. Now. Now, uh, Pasaki, remember Pasaki, the genster? Jen Pasaki, all over cable TV, giving her opinions, just as stupid as before. You know, several Republican attorneys general got together, and they sued, and, and they sued Fauci, they sued the oligarchs at Big Tech. They wanted to see, and they want to see now. All the links, all the information describing how the Biden administration worked with the big oligarchs. Speaking of uh, social media platforms. To silence criticism of Fauci. To prevent contrary scientific information from being presented on social media. Or even different opinions being presented on social media. You know the uh, People's Republic of California... If you're a doctor and you have a different opinion than the state when it comes to medicine and you give that opinion, you will lose your license. That's right. The People's Republic of California. The PRC. Little PRC. And so Pasaki went to court and said, this is ridiculous. I shouldn't have to go. And the judge ruled, no, actually, you're going to be part of the trial. You're going to be a witness, hostile or otherwise. And so the way the Associated Press reports this, of course, and you remember, we looked very hard. Who appointed that judge in Florida? Who keeps undermining America's governor, Ron DeSantis, when he's trying to move the sexualizing of children out of the public schools, Marxism out of the public schools. It can be debated. It just can't be taught as a doctrine to try and influence our children. We had a, an Obama judge who said, oh, this is dystopia. Because he's an idiot too. But remember, the article never mentioned who appointed him. And we looked and it was Obama. Well, in this article, right up in the first paragraph, it says a Trump-appointed judge. Because Obama judges shouldn't be identified because they're real judges. Trump-appointed judges should be identified because they're political hacks. Unlike Reggie Walton, the Honorable Reggie Walton in Washington, D.C., who has offended every Holocaust survivor imaginable. Hey, but don't worry. He's a judge. Not like he's a comedian. Not like he's Kanye West. 
No, 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 no. I wonder if the Anti-Defamation League will put out a statement, being that it's run by an Obama hack and flack about Reggie Walton. No, I can't imagine. Anyway, I thought that would interest you, how the media conduct itself. Never stops. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. So Garland chooses a war crimes prosecutor from the head as his special counsel, and whose entire career has been spent mostly investigating violent criminals. Because we know what Trump did at Mar-a-Lago was very violent. And of course, he has spent most of his career with the career investigators and prosecutors who currently report to Garland. Wow. Very independent. Even more, Garland has now unleashed a special counsel against a Republican candidate seeking the presidency by an administration whose chief executive has all but announced he intends to run for re-election. What does that sound like to you? What does that sound like to you, Mr. Producer? Gee, that doesn't sound too Stalinist Russia, does it? I'm writing this as we speak, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm going to post it out there. Yes, yes, yes. And, uh, and of course, his goal, their goal, is to do justice, because nobody's above the law. Meanwhile, the Joe Gotti, Joe Gotti Biden of the Biden crime family, he's not under investigation, because, well, nobody is above the law, despite all the computer, text, email, bank records, and other evidence of corruption. Now, before we go tonight, I wanted to mention... <clears throat> Over at Media Matters, this is a very, in all, in all seriousness, this is a very evil and corrupt operation. The people who use their propaganda know it. The people who work there know it. They're scum. The people who fund it know it. It's a very evil, corrupt operation. They hide under the nonprofit, nonpartisan label, and yet they are in constant relationships with Democrat operatives through David Brock and others. Their entire goal is to seek and destroy. It'll never happen here. My colleagues and I believe in debate and speech. Sometimes we do it publicly. Sometimes online, sometimes not. I don't know Britt Hume that well or Mark Thiessen that well, but I like them very much. And I've watched them over the years, many years. And from time to time, we'll disagree. From time to time, members of my family disagree. That's not the point. We had a back and forth, a discussion, online. There's nothing to hide. I do a three-hour radio show. I don't speak in code or foreign language. I speak in English. So when they put a headline out, Media Matters, that I called Brit Hume or Mark Thiessen bastards, pretty shocking, isn't it, Mr. Producer? Pretty disgusting. And absolutely a lie. You can listen 
to my programs on marklevinshow.com slash links about an hour after the show. The whole thing. You can listen to my whole archives going back about four years. What I do here is not in secret. You know, my buddy Stephen A. Smith did say, he says, I do live programming all the time, and one of these days, you know, I'm probably going to take a hit. And I expect that. But I will not allow absolute outrageous trash to be said without being addressed. I have enormous respect for Britt Hume and Mark Thiessen. Nobody even contacted me. Nobody told me to say this. If they told me to say it, I wouldn't. But I do. But we have our disagreements on some substantive levels, some political levels, and by the way, not that many. So I want Media Matters to know the only bastards I think about are you. And if I could say worse, I would. You are the bastards. You are corrupt. You are poison. Here we go.
Are we open, Mr. Producer? A shout-out to WPIK-FM 102.5 and WKEZ-FM 96.9, where we are live in Key West, Florida. God bless you guys. All right, folks, the week is officially over, and the weekend begins now. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel, and our truckers. Thank you. Don't forget Life, Liberty, and Levin this Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Please don't miss it. We salute all you folks out there. Good night, Spritey and Griffey and Pepsi and Smokey. Good night, Zelda. Good night, Gigi and Indy and Patton. And good night, little Barney. We miss it. And we pray for our Marty. We love our Marty. Good night, Dad and Mom. Good night, Leo and Joe. Have a safe and healthy week, and I'll see you on Monday. <laughs>